Okay, we're going to start this podcast with the exciting sound of me looking for a Rennie. I don't have one. I'm just going to have to get by. Oh, no. Going to be gassy. Gassy and curmudgeonly as we decry the end of cinema. That's me. So, what would you do if you could go really small? If I could go really small, smaller than oh, I, yeah. smaller than I already am. Yeah. Uh, oh, I'd develop. What would, the, you, what would you do? I'd develop the biggest inferiority complex ever, <laughs> and then I'd my run god, for, <laughs> and then I'd run for government, and uh, <laughs> half the people in the country would uh, would stop paying attention to that, and maybe I would as well, and then I'd I'd <gasps> I'd marry. I'd marry a society man, and then I'd <laughs> hire a foreign maid. It's the British dream. And, uh, uh, and then I'd write an autobiography about honest politics or something. I just, I just, it's a criticism of many, many people. That joke. Um, some would not call it a joke. <laughs> some would call it more a damning indictment of where we are and how we got there. But pretty, pretty that's, much. Uh, that's why we are where we are. Yeah, exactly. And I'm not, I'm not the sort of man to come up with a solution to that. I'm just a man to just throw a few ideas at the wall and see if they stick spaghetti-like to the and tiles. isn't that all that Dominic Cummings ever did? Or didn't do. And look at, or didn't do. And it was good enough for him. Stupid cuboheaded c- Podcast that doesn't have to win, we all just have to lose. I'm Paul the Conquistador. Science with Paul's Paul Science. <laughs> Absolutely, that's the kind of line read that I came here for. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Douglas. Thank you, Mark Douglas. Douglas. Do you remember the Sunder- Do you remember the um, Sunderland film contest from Shooting Stars? <laughs> oh, I don't, but I can imagine it. <laughs> they did Falling Down with Michael Douglas as with, um, Oh yes Vic yes. Reeves doing a pretty passable American accent Just smashing up a, a, a news agent mi- Mildly And then the narrator coming over the end Good luck Mr. Michael Douglas <laughs> <laughs> I do remember that That's fucking brilliant And I just remembered now We were shown Falling Down in my A-level psychology class Wow yeah. What a thing to do Ooh, to fuck. children Our teachers had given up at that point I think that was the teacher that had that was later fired for flirting with female students. Oh, that's interesting, mate. I had an RE teacher who um, had sex, full-on sex wow. with a student, Actual and the judge sex. later declared that she had seduced him because I lived in Kent. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Kent. It's full of Kents. It's written on the signs. <laughs> yes. Well, I'll tell you what's written on the sign that's up ahead of us is end of the dang line because... We've travelled over 40 years of summer blockbusters to arrive here. Oh. To this very year that we're actually literally in. This very summer or spring. To a movie that we believe to be emblematic of all the worst qualities of modern blockbusters. 
It's Artemis Fat. No, it's not. <laughs> it's um, our very first Marvel film, actually, bringing us full circle back to our very first episode, which criticized the then extant DCEU, which is yeah. the kindest thing I've ever said about it. <laughs> um, the, for... the, the is DCEU. <laughs> it was. I'm willing to say that now. We, we criticized it for trying to copy the Marvel formula. You had your award-winning metaphor for uh, joining a marathon at the last minute, desperately oh, yeah. trying to pin a... Pin a badge to yourself as you cross the finish line. Oh, that was good. Wasn't um, it? We we made fun of the DCEU for trying to copy the Marvel formula. Yeah. Without the necessary time and care. But where has that time and care gotten us now? Would terrible failure have been a kinder fate than mediocrity? Write in and tell us, folks. And uh, which one you picked? Yeah, because we didn't actually. We're not actually going to cover that. No. no. <laughs> you let us know. We're, we're <laughs> going to talk instead about Ant Man and the Wasp. Quantumania. <laughs> yeah. People still need help, Dad. That's why we made this. It's like a satellite for deep space, but quanta. Wait, wait a minute. You're sending a signal down to the quantum realm. Turn it off. Now! Uh, this is the third Ant-Man movie, the second Ant-Man and Wasp movie, the first movie of the fifth stage of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and the 31st film in the franchise since its inception. Since its, imse- since its inception 15 mm-hmm. years ago. Easy for you to say. <laughs> sure is. <laughs> oh, my God, is there little of interest in the production notes. <clears throat> this was cranked out and produced by the numbers. Same director as the last two, Peyton Reed, who famously, infamously replaced Edgar Wright in the first movie. Formously. He's a comedy director without style or ambition. A workman hired to get a project done within time and budget. A very common feature of the second wave of Marvel directors. Right. Quite a, um, and he is of whom he is the only one that still remains. Uh, it's, uh, you know, obviously since the third stage, we've got a different way of um, getting sort of indie darlings and press ganging them into a giant feature. Mm. And then getting the second unit to do most of the actual work, which is why it all looks so average. And then giving them a paycheck that we promise will actually mean they get to make something interesting later, only for them to find out that because of Marvel, there's actually no production or distribution method to accommodate that. Yay! So, dun, yay, dun, cinema! Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Good luck! Good luck, Nia DaCosta! <laughs> Whoever you are. <laughs> Wherever Candy you man, are. bitch! <laughs> Oh god, maybe the Marvels will be great. Uh the that's the film the Marvels, not the Marvels. Yeah. <laughs> Coming for us. We shall see. Oh, I wonder what Chloe Jow's up to these days. So the screenplay was written by Jeff Loveness, uh, a writer on Rick and Morty, seasons four and five. Okay. Uh, specifically the one where Morty gets a dragon. Uh the oh, yeah. story train. Ooh, uh, I like the Glorzo episode. Okay. I like Story Train. Uh, well, I like the Dragon one. Yep, Story Train was good. Uh Vat of Acid episode. Oh yeah. Yeah, uh, the Mr. Nimbus episode oh. and the season five finale. I have no memory of half of those. Mr. Nimbus rings a bell as well. Uh, it's something like they crash in the ocean and then Rick has to go and meet the king of the ocean or something. Who's Mr. Nimbus? <laughs> I, I I read the plot synopsis. I did not remember it. Oh, okay, fantastic. Um, no, I remember Mr. Nimbus, but I don't remember the actual episodes. Yeah, apparently. Uh, well. Yeah. Marvel have high hopes for this guy because he is slated to write the big Kang Dynasty film that they are building towards. Six movies and seven t- TV shows away at the moment. Could be more, or if we all stop watching them, could be much less. Yeah. I mean, for me, it's going to be zero. Oh, boy. So who knows what wonders that could bring? 
Um, oh, and- who will literally know? Someone will see him and tell us. Someone. Yeah. Yeah. It's me. Isn't yeah. It? Well, it's gonna be. It's gonna be you. How many films oh, did you see last week? Uh, a couple. A hundred. <laughs> <laughs> oh, quiet week for you then. I've been. I've been speed speed running them. Watching them on times two. On speed. Yeah, on speed. <laughs> Feels like times two. <laughs> Is there anything here worth reporting? It got delayed by the pandemic, which oh. Loveness says allowed them to do something new and weird. Um, <laughs> presumably that script then got lost during the lockdown yeah. and they went back to the pre-one. Well, there's a thing when, when mm. a, a band in an interview says something like, we're really happy with this one, that then you know <laughs> that it's, it's going to be questionable because yeah. it, it just means they did something they did something weird and they're like yeah we tried something up we were really ambitious we did something brave you know like, yeah oh, no you just didn't do a good one did you sometimes when you see people improvising an interview you do see them suddenly figure out what they should have done <laughs> <laughs> no we really took them in a different character in a different direction and we took the character and sort of finished off that arc yeah yeah fuck <laughs> fuck yeah that was the thing to do dang it that was the baby well, that was the baby. That was the baby falling out the window, the Flash. Well, I'll tell you who's the new Scott Lang's daughter, though. It's not <laughs> Emma Thurman, uh, which is a shame. Mm-hmm. Uh, because she was very disappointed to not be recast, to be recast, sorry, after she um, was in Avengers Endgame. Yeah. And also a shame, since there are two other people who might have been recast a little bit more fortuitously. One of whom only with the benefit of retrospect, one of whom... Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so let's address the elephants in the room. Yes. Uh, Jonathan Majors, uh, who plays the villain Kang the Conqueror, stands accused of over a decade of abusive behavior by multiple uh, people. Yeah. Um, and although the case is complex and likely to develop much further in the next few months, building up to the actual court date, mm-hmm. uh, we tend to err on the side of believing the victims and so won't be mentioning him again, specifically just the character in the plot rundown and referring yeah. to him as Kang. So I hope that's okay for people, but be advised of that. Is what we're up to. Also worth a mention, Evangeline Lilly was anti-lockdown and anti-vaccine during the pandemic. Oh, okay. Um, she said she said that Marvel were very supportive of her in the resulting controversy, assuring her that they didn't care about those things. <laughs> she has twelve lines in this and is not attached to any future MCU movies. <laughs> also, they gave her a very unflattering haircut, which I think is is vengeance. <laughs> a vengeance. Um... Is a vengeance. Is this this is the bombshell that you were going to drop on me? Uh, you were going to surprise no, me. No, with? no, no, no. Oh, really? no, no, no. That's Fantastic. a different, unrelated Evangeline Lilly thing. Very much um, more explosive, I think, than even. Um, Did she explain? Even the fact that she's an anti-vaxxer. <laughs> God. Okay. Well, this is what a morning. What a Monday morning this is for me. What a morning you've had. You've you. It's completely changed your entire vision of Tariel. <laughs> is that her name? Maybe. I think so. L'Oreal. <laughs> From that movie. No, L'Oreal's definitely the elf with the hair. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, if you're going to, you know, if you don't Why call L'Oreal, Why does it hurt so much? <laughs> because you're worth it. Classic. That was straight from, uh. straight from the book, that one. That was Silmarillion, actually. <laughs> you have to pull in from that, even though they didn't have the rights. Oh, there was also a norovirus outbreak during production, just oh, um, because God. sometimes God is, keeping, is paying attention. Uh, but tell you what, though, it only affected the crew and not any of the cast, so... That oh, feels like good. some sort of Ruben Ostland-esque uh, mm. satire of things. Yeah. Well, that was because Evangeline Lilly um, didn't allow any of the crew to be in the same room as her. So um... Yes. I mean, that's she's been practicing her own very specific form of social distancing for decades. She has. She's actually one of the worst people I've ever known. 
Um, <laughs> and I know I, I know her, so I can I can say that. Yeah, you've you've done it for years. Yeah, but I will cease and desist if sent a letter uh, demanding <laughs> as much. I'm willing to do that if people are willing to uh, get that process started. Yeah. So Bill Murray said he agreed to be in the movie because he likes Peyton Reed's "Bring It On." Also, money, lots of money. I love money. I love Peyton Reed's money. <laughs> if anyone was just going to come out, come out and just say, "Oh, I I wanted money." Yeah. <laughs> I feel like Bill Murray might be that guy. I feel like it. I, I feel like Peyton Reed was looking at this movie and going, it is missing a Jeff Goldblum-esque from Thor yes. character. Yeah, that's um, exactly what this is. And I feel like that's now going to become a mainstay is older, memeable actor. Can we squeeze into this? Is this Marvel's new version of attaching a cool indie director to the project? Is just, where can we find a white guy with, with, credos, with credence? <laughs> Next one, you're just going to get a second of Patton Oswalt. Just as if you're lucky, just if not, this... it's going to be Norm from Cheers. <laughs> Amazing! <laughs> Can't wait for him to show up in the Marvels. Oh god, he's my favorite man. Uh, oh, also, okay, this makes sense because they had to move stuff around, delaying the Marvels and bringing this forward, and then also having Wakanda Forever, which took up all of their resources, including all of the special effects teams that would have been working on this movie. Mm. Uh, this movie suffered, and edits had to be made to sequences that had not been finished. Right. Fun. It's just a piece, it's, it's a piece on a chessboard for Disney, isn't it? And then, But also, <laughs> it's not a chess piece. So they just swept it a, off. You look in your hand and it crumbles to dust. Finus's mighty snap. Critics reacted to the film like reliving their daughter's death in a time loop. It's not great. I no, like it. Not a fan, actually. Dwight Brown at DwightBrownInc.com. Fucking cool name for a website if you're a critic. I-N-C my... or I-N-K? I-N-K. This is where my ink is. Oh, okay. Oh, I see. Fuck yeah. Mm. Uh, he writes, the thrill is gone. The Marvel Universe shoots a blank. A tiny one. What's the tiny one? Pop. <laughs> Just a little pop in your ear. Uh, a little bit pleasant, actually. Mm, it's sorry. not. The, the analogy's ended. Um, also, I wanted to highlight Chris McCoy at the Memphis Flyer, who just says, This movie looks bad. It does. It's very it true. It does. Well done. Chris McCoy. Very astute. Something Flyer. Memphis? Memphis. Uh-huh. <laughs> Elvis Land. Oh, okay. Memphis. Yeah. <laughs> it's Elvis Land, boy. It's Elvis Land, yeah, son of a man. bitch. It, it is a bad-looking, tiny blank of a movie. <laughs> it is. T- together, Pop. they've just about gotten to the heart of it. Mm. Yeah. Well, that means we can spend the rest of the time catching up. Oh, but don't worry, mate. The public's going to give us plenty to work with. Uh, public, meanwhile, reacted to the film like what a trip to Baskin-Robbins. 31 Flavors sees the yay. <laughs> now, is that... That is actually a tagline of Baskin-Robbins. Oh, just... <sighs> what if we all die? Or... <laughs> the person who came up with that. Is going to be in their mansion when the asteroid hits. And alien civilizations picking over the remains. Asteroid? No, it was just a nuclear war. They're going to be picking over the remains and be like, oh, this must have been a great person. He was the hero. He was the leader of men. <laughs> With his mighty slogan. <laughs> well, Taz Olsen at Google was another one of these heroes. Ah, oh, a few. Who said, a really well-made movie that exceeded my ever-dampening expectations after Marvel's uninspired Phase 4. But this movie was not only funny, entertaining, and had spectacular CGI, speaking as someone who works with and actually knows more about what that means than 90% of movie critics. Uh, but it's set up, for, not only to finish Keep the up. thought he started before the parentheses, but it's set up things for what may actually be a really great Phase 5 and 6 if they can keep it up like this. Oh. Evangeline Lilly was in White Chicks. <laughs> was she, oh, was she one of the... I think she was uh, one of the friends. 
cool girls. Okay. Yeah, the ones who sing that song. Which is the song? Oh. Yeah. A thousand miles. That's the one. Beautiful. Beautiful. She was Terry Crews. <laughs> Doing that aggressive little dance. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Fuck, there's a surprising amount of that movie up in the old ticker, you know. It's going to stay there. Two men provided voices for Quantum Noughts. And they are both multi-men. One of them is Roger Craig Smith, who was in Planes as mm-hmm. Rip Slinger, the most finger-blasting... <laughs> the most finger-banging of all. <laughs> he was the plane that fucked! <laughs> Son! <laughs> Go back and listen, it was our, it was our kids' episode. And Jennifer's Body, <laughs> where he played the role of voice actor. Oh. <laughs> Like Bob Balaban in Lady in the Water. Yeah, there was an extensive sequence in that movie. It's set in the side of a, 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 a dubbing studio. It got quite meta because they ran into the person dubbing Megan Fox. It was that guy. It was... Um... Is that... I, I don't know if you're joking. <laughs> it's not... I haven't seen Jennifer's no, no, body. No, that's not true. Um, oh, that's a shame. It's, it's very much outside of the vibes of Jennifer's body. You haven't been watching the movies <laughs> that you haven't appeared on? <laughs> you monster. Well, I, I just thought, oh, okay. Um... Catch up now. I'll I'll go do that now. Yeah. And start with Robin Hood. <laughs> the, with the Russell Crowe. Yeah, the Russell Crowe. Just for uh... context, so you can prepare yourself for the Kevin Costner. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've seen I've seen that. I remember Alan Rickman's death scene <laughs> and other things. Because it's dull. You twit. It'll hurt more. Speaking of hurting more, Matthew Wood was the other quantum naught, and he was mm. in the Phantom Menace. We have cried him before because he was in the Phantom Menace as Bib Fortuna, Attack of the Clones ah. as Magaluf. And uh, also, that earned him a promotion up to General Grievous in Revenge of the Sith. Wow. wow. Okay. And then he was also in the Emoji movie as additional voices. And in Jennifer's body as voice actor. Yeah, as voice actor. They were there together. Yeah. Oh, the famous voice acting <laughs> twins. Can't believe they did a cameo. Mr. Mr. Actor. <laughs> Meanwhile, finally, the most significant three men. And it's kind of unfortunate because it's just a cameo in this, but Owen Wilson is, of course, a three men after... Much more memorable and deserving roles in The Haunting and Anaconda. Oh, yeah. Yeah, beautiful man. Yeah, it's almost it's a bit of an anticlimax to have him <laughs> just squirt out at the end there. Yeah, but... still. That was... The film's a shit, mate. That was the best scene. Oh, free to a man, free in a bush, free, free, no. Film's a shit, mate. Your films are shit, mate, and the film has 46% on Rotten Tomatoes, 48 on Metacritic, 75% on mm. Google, God help us. And was actually the first MCU movie not to break even in its theatrical run. Maybe, really? maybe it won't be the last. Probably. So, Paul, you mechanized organism going. designed only for whatever it is you're doing at the moment. You talk to ants. <laughs> What's one thing about Ant-Man and or the Wasp, Quantumania, that made you want to not be a dick? Happy Biff Day, Paul. Happy Biff Day. Happy Biff Day to all of us. <laughs> it's the, the shitty cake at the end that... Uh... Oh, right. That he, that he gets from his horrible Baskin's Robbins boss. Oh, yeah. His Boskin Robbins. Yeah. Uh, and it's got, yeah, it's got a, tra- a tragic looking ant and, ha- and birthday is misspelt. <laughs> and I just want to wish everybody a happy Biff Day. Happy Biff Day, everyone. Have you celebrated Biff Tannen and what he means to you today? Have you, have, have you adhered to the principles of Biff? <laughs> as you should have, as I've asked you all to. Don't be a butthead. Or have you just... Yeah, don't be a butthead, be a biffhead. <laughs> That's the religion slogan. And it's all very applicable. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right, Paul, well, that sounds great. 
What happens in it though? Yeah. What happens in Ant Man and Waspy Quantinunumin? Can't go and turn but turn. In Ant Man and Wasp uh Quantumescence. It begins with a sort of voiceover uh extended montage of how great uh, Scott Lang's life's going. <laughs> and I'm happy that it's not just a mean joke at the expense of Ant Man. Oh, isn't that I'm just gonna sweet. stop bullying him for a bit. It kind of is, because it's they nice. mistake him for a different bugman. Only one only one old man only does one that, old the Stanley stand in. Everybody stand- else stand in yeah. The Stanley. We also had the theme, yeah. the, the excellent theme tune to... Uh, oh, actually, before that, um, I do ruefully oh, no. turn off Shaun of the Dead in order to watch this. For the third time, <laughs> no less. And then, yes, yeah, CGI nonsense immediately, but better than last week, uh, Independence Day. And we get Michelle Pfeiffer, oh. who is uh, kicking it in Tint Town uh, when, yeah, weird things happen. Some guy shows up. And then, yeah, welcome back, Cotter. Oh, yeah. <laughs> welcome back. My life doesn't really make sense. I used to ask myself a lot of questions about that. Scott, you're a divorced ex-con. How are you an Avenger? Why are you time-traveling with Captain America? That doesn't make sense. A lot has changed about my life, but everywhere I go, people ask me the same thing. Can you take a picture with my dog? That's the uh, sitcom for which this is the theme that we're hearing. And it, oh, sets me up, mate. Sets me up for an epic adventure. Well, welcome back, you already. Welcome back, welcome back. God, I don't know what this is. Um, the music that with... plays over that sequence. Three times, three times I've seen this. <laughs> God, I can't even imagine. Can't even imagine watching any film more than once. <laughs> Just don't see the point. It's monstrous. But 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 with with this, everything's going really well. Scotland's got a book out. He's reading ah! it. People appreciate it. It's his book. And, he's written. Um, it's not just a book. He's gotten out. It, and uh, started reading. Just, he's got a book out. Look. Just, <laughs> oh fuck! He's got a book out. Run everyone. <laughs> uh, and he, and yeah, he reads a book, and he's oh everything's going well. But oh no, jail's calling. Oh no, yeah. that's a shame. We meet. He, yeah, his recast daughter, who's gotten herself put in jail for social justice. All oh, these woke kids. These these kids. Um. Oh god. Oh god. Poor god. Oh, I just wish they'd just fucking die. I hate them. I, I actually think that they should just put up with the fact that the world is ruined. We got to have fun. And it wasn't our fault. It was our parents' fault that it was all ruined. We had no part to play and nothing we could have done about it. And now they no. just need to, you know, we're on the way out. Suck it up. We need you to turn the lights yeah, off when it it's off. all over. Yeah. That'll save you some... That'll save your tears, won't it, Greta Thunberg? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Don't. I obviously don't agree with what i just said <laughs> i would like to take the strongest stance possible against what i just said <laughs> i've never agreed with it i've never had any control over it and um i just want to distance myself from it for like going forward yeah and i will be participating in any action yeah. necessary to ensure yeah. that um i don't get away with it so yeah you hear that green piece <laughs> they go home they go home with their social justice daughter and they check in on the level of effort that Michelle Pfeiffer and Michael Douglas are willing to put into things these days. So, Cassie, did you make any new friends in the slammer this time? Grandpa. This time? Was there a last time? I mean, last time barely counts. I didn't know that. Why didn't you call me? Because I knew you'd be like this. I would have just broken you out with ants. All right, you know what? Family meeting. Can we have a family meeting? Isn't that what we're doing? Yeah, I mean, about this. About everybody being so fine with this. Look, you want to help. I get it. I, I do, Cassie. I really do. But I don't want you wasting your life. At least I'm still trying to do something with mine. I literally saved the world. Oh, did you? 
Well, yeah, you never mentioned that before. Everybody's got to save the world. How is that for you, Scott? You should write a book about it. Ha ha, hilarious. Yeah, you're welcome for all not being dust. And they've agreed to put in just as much effort as their scriptwriters. <laughs> it's a marriage made in heaven. Ah, uh, there's a dinner scene so natural you could just swear at least two of these guys are at the same set on the same day. <laughs> wow, don't, don't go making crazy claims for Norovirus surging uh, through them. <laughs> they they cling to life and reality with every last iota of strength. Uh, and they all pick on Scott Lang for a bit they do. unreasonably. And then the daughter lets slip that she's been messing around with ants, just like her old man and his old man. So I, actually, ah, I can't remember off. the relationship between Michael. Oh, uh, father-in-law now, I think. Father-in-law, oh, yeah. Oh, my father-in-law. My father-in-law. He messes with ants, and they have introduced <laughs> the idea that they have ants that are able to create technology, and they brush past that very quickly. But then I do have to think, <laughs> what level of reality do the people living in the MCU accept now? <laughs> Everything's nonsense. Oh. Space with space wizards, Paul. Yeah, I mean that that monkey seems to be playing chess with that with that inter interdimensional multi limbed jelly, but you know mm. that's probably fine. But socialism in an ant colony, <laughs> I'm not having it. Yes, they still you hear that Greta Thunberg. <laughs> yeah, uh, Michelle Pfeiffer asks her, you know, oh, you've been working on the quantum realm. Yeah, why didn't you ask me? We literally just had a conversation upstairs where you said you didn't want to talk about it ever. S Three minutes ago. Three minutes ago. Uh, very, very clearly stated you don't want to talk about it again. <laughs> there were a lot of very character-developing okay. scenes, but they had very complicated special effects between that scene and this one, so they had to be cut. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I, I, but, but I could have told you. Okay, do you want to tell us now? No, I, I told you I don't want to tell you. There's no time. Um, she's <laughs> been... yeah. Oh, Also, all teens in the MCU are geniuses who achieve exactly what they set out to do, but with terrible consequences. Um, uh -oh. It'd be great if there was one who's just like, I've invented a quantum machine that will allow us to communicate with other dimensions. And it's just like a cardboard box. And it's like, oh yeah, you're our teenager. <laughs> I forgot, not all teenagers are like brilliant, genius level people yeah. who can invent whatever I need for the plot. But oh no, <laughs> she's been sending Family a signal down to the quantum verse. Terrible if that went wrong right this second while she's demonstrating it. So Pfeiffer starts to yeah. panic. It's like, turn it off. Tell us why first. No, it's that, actually, in this instance, it's fair enough to turn it off first. That'll take a second. Yeah, but <laughs> it's, very much a, it's very much a Michelle who cried wolf. <laughs> At the, this stage. The yeah. And, 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 and tell you what, egg on everyone's faces at this stage. No. Mate, because no. she, she turns it off by, what? you know. What? No. It's not. No. Oh, come what well, right now when she's just now when she's brought them down she's presumably turned us on a whole bunch of times but this now uh, well this oh mate well this this time this time they know that janet <gasps> her name is janet my nan's name is is uh <laughs> i'm pretty sure wait one of them's hope the other's janet hope is evangeline lily that's the one because uh, I, I i just have to remember what she fills me with when i look at her now <laughs> And... For the future of this democracy and freedom of speech. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, no, I know God that almighty. Janet is Michelle Pfeiffer. And yeah. they know that she, Janet's around. And when Janet's around, oh. then you've got to reverse the polarity on the quantum doo-wacky. Later on, when they're surrounded by f people with fearsome voices and they say, Janet. I do remember that that's quite an incongruous little... Yeah. <laughs> Edith. We're here for Janet. <laughs> I say, well, at this stage, they all deserve to get sucked into the quantum realm, which is exactly what bloody happens. 
Oh, fuck off. No way. Oh, my God. Incidentally, the quantum realm is not so much what I thought it was, which is just the level of reality that exists at a subatomic rate and is therefore sort of vast and infinite in its hugeness. And Mm. if I entered the quantum realm here, I would be light years away from person sat next to me who entered into the quantum realm because of the level of Mm. scale that would exist between them. Mm -hmm. No, it's more like just a planet where there's a finite amount of space where you can bump into pretty much whoever you want in a day. Yeah, it's inner space. Yeah. Pretty much. Uh, um, it's like an alternate dimension. It's but, just like a planet about as yeah. big as a country. Yeah, it's, it's like a planet, but not with any terrain that would justify doing, like shooting anything on location. <laughs> Certainly uh, not, Marvel. So, no. yeah, everyone does their best to look at uh, any of this as if it was real. That's going to be my ongoing note, so assume that's <laughs> true until I say otherwise. Okay, cool. I'll, I'll just assume that's a, a, a comedy prompt for me to say something. <laughs> yeah. They get in there, and... Well, they split into two mm. groups, accidentally. Well, not on purpose. They get yeah. split into two groups. We've got yeah. uh, Hope, Janet, and Michael. Douglas. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> uh, and then we've got Ant-Man and uh, Little little Wasp. I can't remember what her co- code name... Shannon. From the, and Michael Shannon. <laughs> His daughter, Michael <laughs> Shannon. They're, um, they're the other group. So here we are. Um, yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, let... Let wackiness commence. Oh, let wackiness commence. Michelle Pfeiffer spends a lot of time explaining that there's no time to explain. Can you ex- explain whilst walking? Wouldn't that be more useful and quieter than this loud argument you're having right now? No. <laughs> Shut up. Oh, okay. We've got, we've got to get to June. So. <laughs> yeah. They have a. They, uh, yeah. God, what's this? Where have that wacky gang been green screened to next? <laughs> <laughs> That'd have been great Good if question. I delivered that a bit more naturally, but there you go. <laughs> it was a sentence no, by me, incomprehensible. Best this way. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll tell you where, Paul. Um, Quantumania. Quantumania. Um, they run into oh some locals very quickly. I think Scott Lang and daughter. Um, they mm. encounter some weirdos, including Cheedy from the Good Place. Oh, that's disappointing. Oh, that's okay. That's something. And a jellyfish. Um, and a jellyfish, which is my, my favourite character. Oh, it yeah. takes up uh, 50% of my quick fires. <laughs> Meanwhile, Cassandra has endeared herself to these people in the 30-second head, head start that she had ahead of her dad. I just love her now. Yeah, oh, fantastic. Don't worry, guys. This guy's cool. Oh, well, if you say so. <laughs> well. I mean, you you were cast to replace the 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 actor who already had some sort of chemistry with Paul Rudd, so uh, I trust you. I implicitly and... trust her. Oh, and the other gang—they've gone off to meet with Dune because they need to get to oh. meet some, one of her contacts in a hurry. And so Ooh. they meet a dude who wears goggles in places that are nowhere near where his actual eyes are. Mm. And oh shit, they're fighting! <gasps> she stabbed oh, him. Oh fuck! What's gonna happen oh. now? Wait, wait. Oh my god, they're actually friends. And now they're laughing. They weren't mad at each other at all. I've never seen that before. I have never seen this before in a movie. My mind is blown. I hate this so much. Oh my god. (coughs) No, no, no. They were fighting, right? And I was like, okay, she's fighting him. Then she like stabs him. No. Yeah. No. Yeah, she stabs him. No. No, she actually stabs him and like it looks like she's killed him. But then, then it turns out that's okay. Oh my god, maybe we could do that in every movie from now on. 
Oh, if, if we started doing that in every... Can we put that back into old movies? Can we put that into Serpico? <laughs> yeah, let's go back and put it into everything, I think. Citizen Kane. Maybe they could say, when they do it, maybe they could say, you son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we do that, and that's, you know... We, every time we meet, we stare at each other and frown and say, you've got a lot of guts coming back here. And then we, like, tussle, but then we hug, and it's like, ah, it's good to oh. see you. Because uh, ah. everyone, because because ev- everyone is a fucking toxic alpha male piece of shit, <laughs> M- Michelle Pfeiffer included, and that's just how we all communicate. We just have to, well, we can't. We have to not show weakness for a good amount of time before we can uh, show the weakness of friendship. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and I feel and I feel good. I forget about that. I don't know which group I'm talking about here, but everyone talks a lot. It's the same as being funny. I bet. I mean, to be fair, that has also been crucial to our philosophy. <laughs> yeah, but it, for, for us, it definitely works because... <gasps> exactly. Yeah. So in the next scene, you've got to assume that's the Michelle, that's the hope, the hope ensemble. Yes, the group B. The whole thing is quips and it's, and it's, oh, Paul, I love me a good quip and I love me a good quip that a quip. Uh, is delivered... I, I love a Google leap. Translate quip. <laughs> yeah, and, and and this is pretty much what that is. There's lots of, oh, there's lots of oh, what what's what's the word? Bad acting. Oh yeah, that's that it. that's a good word um, to use in this. There's lots of context. bad acting in a bad film uh, in this, and Fair. they're 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 waiting for her contact. And oh, I'll tell you what, who, tell you who shows up, mate. Wait, who shows up? It's Bill Murray oh, from Ghostbusters. Bill Do you Murray. remember him? There's a lot of build-up for what I know is going to be very disappointing. They really hyped the <laughs> shit out of his appearance. Janet Van Dyne? I thought you were dead. Ah. Oh. He's had some sex with Janet. Yes. And, uh, in, in the past. She was down here for 30 years. Yep. And a woman's not going to go 30 years without, you know. Yeah, without hooking up with Bill Murray. her husband. It ha- yeah. happens. And it, ha- it, it happens. He was younger back then. Yeah. He had, oh. She says. Had shapely, shapely cheeks. Yep. Later on, she says he used to be charming. And it's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There is actually a moment where Bill, Bill Murray, Michelle Pfeiffer, and uh, Michael Douglas mm-hmm. are sat around a table with each other. And you just got to stop and think about that for a second. You just got to stop and think about the fact that that happened. And it's incredibly yeah. boring somehow. Two of them. Human. Like us. Human. That's the word. Totally forgot what you call yourselves up there. Human. Are you not human? Not technically, but yes. In the ways that matter. Think of what that would have been like 20 years ago. Yeah, I just, I just don't want to, mate. It's best not to. I just to. don't want to know. For the most part, it's best yeah. not to. But, oh, no. L- L- Bloody Murray betrayed them all to the Conqueror. Ugh. Oh, Who'd have seen that this coming? is ridiculous. So they smash up the place and kill him. And, uh, oh, I see this director studied the Phantom Menace school of action choreography. Shot of someone shooting, shot of someone falling down. Mm-hmm. Repeat until your movie's over two hours. <laughs> Well, the problem is they're like, okay, now we've got these three eighty-year-olds in one room. Let's um, <laughs> let's all let's all get them doing action. <laughs> That's oh. why you get Evangeline Lilly, mate. Oh, the physicality she's whipping around. <laughs> get the fucking Lilly in here. 
that's the action scene done, mate. Back to the exposition. And, oh, oh no, you. another action scene already, is it? <laughs> so, oh. the camp that they've come to. There's a camp. There's a camp of tiny people um, mm. in the Quantumverse who are refugees fleeing Kang's con- uh, conquest. Um, mm. Yeah. They mention Janet as well, and everybody goes, Oh, Janet! Oh. And, uh, because Janet... What have you done, you oh, Just so you wait till you find out what Janet did and what everybody must have reported that Janet did, because it's, it's, it's yeah. incredibly easy to communicate so well she told you right because you know oh yeah she... of course you would of course you'd tell anyone that let me explain why this is my fault he's such a mum. so there's a very tell you what though i'm getting a bit confused about the tone because what we're essentially seeing is a refugee camp being attacked by soldiers what if ant-man could punch some guys and every time he punches them they make a goofy noise like boing <laughs> 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 I th- I think you're asking the question, what if? And I'm going to say, um, <laughs> I'm going to say. How much? Wait, 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 wait. Paul. It's, it's, it's time. What? It's time to introduce my least favorite thing Marvel has ever done. Possibly my least favorite thing that's ever been created in the last 20 years. The ugliest oh, fucking curious. concept and realization oh. ever assembled. <laughs> it's MODOK. MODOK, yay. Hope we get He's to see his butt. Two of my quick fires. <laughs> oh. Just the nature of him. Because I hated it. I hated it, Paul. It felt like every fucking right-wing troll's profile picture on Twitter. There was... It was pretty... There was something about it being so unrecognizably Corey, Corey Stoll. Oh, I, I forgot about your white guy thing. You know the name Corey that I Stoll. Can, that I recognize the faces of white guys. I didn't know. I had to look up. Okay. I had to look him up to remember the name Corey Stoll. Um... But I knew he was in Black Mass, and I knew he was in House of Cards. Nobody says and... that sentence. I remember he was in <laughs> Black Mass. <laughs> it's because I'd just been watching House of Cards, and I liked him in it. Uh, and then we, then we saw Black Mass whilst I was watching House of Cards. So, <laughs> Back in 2016, so like, the year that it was okay to watch that movie. I don't know what year it was. That's not <laughs> how my memory works. You have that. Um, the years are my white guy's faces. <laughs> <laughs> and, and white guys' faces are your years. As I count down the white guys' faces of my life. <laughs> <laughs> that I think that is how... I mean, that's probably just a representation of my traumas, isn't it? Um, it's just the various white men in my life. Oh, God. But, that is horrible, um, isn't the concept? Yeah. Oh, I, I, I do feel more awake now, though, so that's good. <laughs> um, yeah, well... So Corey Stoll's here as Modoc. He is, and the writers and directors clearly think that his monologue's being interrupted are funny, so they're going to do that a few times. The day you broke me. Finished <laughs> me down here. Wait. Darren? Made me the ultimate weapon. A mechanized organism designed only for kill Modoc. That is funny, Paul. They've established that in, in previous Ant-Man movies mm. and in this particular moment of the podcast. I love it. So, yeah. So they, they do that a few times. The What's this? The fun oh thing. God. Oh, yes. The fun thing about being <laughs> two this? groups of them is that we get to see them both learn the same things, like five minutes apart from each other. Oh, that's good. Oh, I love it. Not from Michelle Pfeiffer, though. Oh, no. God, no. God, no. She's... Heaven for no. friend. Well, she does St- explain at this stage who bloody Kang the Conqueror is. He crash landed in the quantum, quantum realm from mm. the multiverse. Janet helped him, but then he got his suit back, went back to being evil. So she bailed, and now he rules the place. Yeah. But somehow hasn't escaped, in spite of being in Loki. So, 
in spite of being low-key and in spite of having, uh, in the words of Michelle Pfeiffer, having uh, tech centuries ahead of anything they've yeah. got. But they needed her to not in- figure out how to get out of there. So. They need the pin particles. And Paul, I haven't put enough effort into remembering specifically what pin particles are. No need do to they do that. come from Michael Douglas? Uh, so- or are they... <sighs> I need to remember there was a are finite they, amount of them. Because isn't that the whole point of Endgame, is that there aren't that many? That's true. Maybe after Pym Surely. came back, though, there were more. Yeah. but And also, maybe, you know, you don't just... You don't need Pym... You just find something else. Have yeah. Kang... Kang particles. Kang particles. And, and, and... Surely. Oh. But he's not. But he hasn't escaped. And maybe yeah. that's for a reason. And, uh... Yeah. And yeah. he's here now. And he's arrested, um, Scott and Cassandra. Uh, I think her name is. And he, Cassie? Cassie, there you go. And he wants Scott to <laughs> steal the thing he needs to escape. So he threatens Cassie mm. a bit. Oh, there's her name written down. And <laughs> oh, there we go. he um, picks her up and turns her around a bit. I'll do whatever you want. <laughs> I, can, I can move everything with my mind, in fact. You know, I, I just click a finger and I can do pretty much everything, but I do need you to go. Yeah, I really need you to this. steal this thing. I can't get in I, there. Can't be doing it, mate. It's, it's crazy, really. The blind spots, the two blind spots in my future tech is uh, getting out of here, which <laughs> would be, the, which surely you'd think, yeah. priority. But also, figuring out some way to get into that core yeah. by making myself small or making someone small, anyone small. I just, but I just, just can't believe I just forgot to look into that. <laughs> it's been a long time. So, yeah, he needs him to steal the thing. Oh, he can travel infinitely throughout this dimension. That'll make this place have some nice scale. So they instantly transport to where they need to steal the thing. And he jumps into okay, the sort of place where the thing he needs is. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it's some sort of weird space where, oh, it's some sort of quantum space where every choice he's going to make is going to create a copy of him. Ah, oh, cool. Every choice he makes. But also if he just does the same thing. And some of them well, have a different costume somehow. Well, you've got to get out of that annoying scene as well. So you have to, <laughs> eventually you just have to suspend disbelief or just kill the idea dead. <laughs> and uh yeah, that's what they do. But um, yeah. it's, it's great, isn't it? When they get in there and you realise it's the probability zone and it's just every time he separates, it's because of a, of a choice. And you think, oh, God, how are they going to... An unseen this choice. This is really interesting. How are they going to get this across? Oh. Just bit, like that. Just bickering. But also an unseen yeah. choice because we never see him decide anything because this happens in a giant empty space where there's nothing to be decided upon. He walks to- towards the only point of interest and splits. Because he decided not to fart in that moment? But half of him did. I mean, if that's not how you live your life, Paul, <laughs> then I need to... One of, the, one of I've them... I've got a lot of learning to do. One of them is the guy who would have put his left foot first. The other one is the guy who would have put his right foot first. Now they're so different. The other one's... The, one of them is the one who said, don't think of pedophiles right now. <laughs> and then thought of them. And one of them is the version of me that left that in. So... But... <laughs> 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 changed his whole life yeah. for that ethos. It changed everything. Oh, speaking of changing everything, the wasp is here. Remember her? No. I. I. I oh, I, I. I. I've been checking out the poster, mate. Ah, oh, don't do that. I wouldn't do that, mate. She. She flies down to help Scott. Agency. And he tries shooting a disc <clears throat> at the thing he needs to steal. Um. Oh man, it doesn't work. And that. Oh. That sad music and slow motion indicates that this is a very serious moment. He's failed. What's. What's. What's he, what's he oh. gonna do now? And you know what's what's bloody Thanos gonna do to um to his uh his bloody daughter now? That's this is oh the wasp is here, so they shoot loads of the discs and it works fine. Oh, Oh, brilliant! That was scary for ten seconds. 
It was just about not having enough discs. <laughs> that was the main... Hubris. Can't we all relate to that, mate? Haven't you found you that sometimes conversation of... that you just don't have enough discs? Oh, pretty much, today included. <laughs> it, you remember that conversation at the beginning of the film where it was like, to pack more than one disc? Not me, Ant-Man. <laughs> That's my philosophy. And everyone picked on him. And Evangeline Lily rolls <laughs> her eyes. one disc guy. But anyway. Well, at least you're not... Uh, at least you're not vaccinated, she says. What? <laughs> what? I can't believe you said that in this movie. So, and, and Bob Iger leans in with a thumbs up. So, <laughs> Kang makes off with Pfeiffer. This, this, there's a bit of a kerfuffle, basically. And uh, there's a Pfeiffer kerfuffle. A kerfuffle. A kerfuffle. And Kang makes off with Pfeiffer. Cassie gets arrested. And the others are all left for dead in the desert. And the robot ants... The robot ants that earlier showed up the robo ants from earlier show up even before you have a mm. chance to wonder if they're okay. <laughs> even before I remember that they were in this. Just so you guys know, there's a problem coming up. This is how we're going to solve it. Just want you to just wanted you to know oh. before we show the problem. Oh, no, I really appreciate that actually. God, if only we could have some sort of strong man like you <laughs> in charge of everything. Ah, oh, Peyton Reed. Be great. So, <clears throat> Kang explains his original plan. He wants to build mm -hmm. a better one. So he does. Of the multiverse, that is. So he's going to destroy it all oh, yeah. and create a new perfect one. It's a stunningly original plan. Mm. Um, yeah. But yeah. Okay. Uh, it turns out all of. Well, I'm excited, Paul. Oh, I mean, there's 45 minutes to go. So there's 45 films to go. <laughs> Only. How are they going to fit it all in, Paul? It's actually too much. I think they actually need to do these as television shows because there's just a bit too much story to put into uh, a movie. And movies are just like really short TV shows. There's actually no difference. So I think actually you could just, yeah. you know, explore yeah. this a bit more fully in episode. Yeah, you television. know, instead of a, instead of a two-hour, 30 movie, we're going to have uh, six half-hour episodes. Yeah. And, and, uh, and really just flesh that out. And we'll just make it as if it was a six-hour movie and then just cut it arbitrarily at 30 minutes. And uh, yeah. I think that's, that's going to be it. That's going to be the way we go And we'll forward. just put some artificial cliffhangers in at every 28 minutes or so. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, Which is how I was writing uh, the script anyway, uh, so I think we're good. <sighs> so, yeah, Cassie. Wasn't, initially wasn't an Ant-Man script. It was just a... <laughs> Disney got, got, me o got me over to write 28 template scripts. And, uh... <laughs> this was the sixth season of The Wire, mate. Quantumia. <laughs> Oh Jesus! So Cassie escapes and breaks them all out of uh, cap. It breaks out all the captured little people, and they all attack. Yeah, okay. And there's a big fight, which the good guys eventually win. Uh, and the way they do it is by shooting, and then you cut to a bad guy getting hit, and then you show another shot of shooting, <laughs> and a bad guy gets hit. Damn it! <laughs> Damn it! Just fucking only way to win these things. Why? Do if only they had more coverage footage of bad guys shooting and good guys getting hit, then they would have won. But there's not much of it around, and no. Kang, you know. That's why you got to make friends with the production designer and the production secretary. And Kang just killed those people. Oh no! So... In his short-sightedness. <sighs> and then he put their kids in the R and D department. <laughs> That's why he's bloody stuck there. <laughs> Ooh. Uh, there was also there was a moment Populism. where Scott menacingly yells, "You lied to me! <laughs> our word is our bond. Without that." We're nothing! Different movie. Yeah. No idea <laughs> seen... what the hell that's all about. But this is the guy writing the no. Kang Dynasty. Yeah, okay, well. I'm looking forward to this now. Can't wait. Uh, yeah, uh, they're all in a room at the end. Oh, yeah. Um... Oh, well, Modoc redeemed himself as well. But uh, 
Modoc redeemed himself. Whoever signed yeah, off on the design of Modoc did not. Um, his redemption was foreboded, if that's a word, in a really dumb way. A way so, d- so dumb it might have actually been a parody. Maybe that was the best joke in the film. I don't know what to be. Tell me what to be. I don't know. Just don't be a dick. It's too late. Look at me. I'm such a dick. It's never too late to stop being a dick. Oh. <laughs> I like jokes. I like jokes. So yeah, they're in a room. <laughs> yes. They're in a room. They're in a room. Yeah. They're in a room. Well, and some of them get out of that room, get back to the real world. I'll look for them. But Paul... But Portra doesn't. <gasps> and he focuses on stopping Kang from getting through. <coughs> but he's my favourite. And... Oh, without him, it's just... The Wasp. And the Wasp. <laughs> That's a very un- un- unsuitable title. You'll have to fit in Blade. Uh, but luckily, <laughs> oh, unfortunately, you don't even have the Wasp because she comes back too and saves him. More of that agency she has. Oh. And, wow. Uh... To be stuck there yeah. forever. Oh, no, they've, they've opened the portal again. Oh, good. Okay. Well, yeah, Kang gets sucked off. And the heroes are stranded. Yeah. They share one last poignant kiss. Oh, they're a couple. Huh. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I love you. What? What? <laughs> uh. Are you sure? So this is um, <laughs> genuinely their first direct interaction in the movie, I think. I genuinely yeah. think it is. I think it's the first time they've said words directly to each other and not addressing a group. Yeah, it's usually just whenever Paul Rudd speaks, Evangeline Lilly looks slightly dubious. <laughs> and, and and then end of scene. Yeah. To be fair, that's And then they all much... have a go at him. F- Pretty, yeah. pretty much been the relationship across these three fucking movies. Oh, yeah. oh thank God, another portal. That was really getting boring. So, <laughs> yeah, they go back and it's welcome. Yeah, I, was, I was hating any like emotional resonancy between characters. <laughs> Let's all get the gang back together. Oh, shit. We've got some more quips left over in the bin. Oh, uh, yes. He, they go back and it's welcome back, Cotter, again. And uh, somehow he still looks green screened into this San Francisco street. Uh, but the movie ends. It cuts to black on its strongest joke. <laughs> oh. Uh. Yeah, Kang will be back, but uh he won't be back. <laughs> He's probably he might not be back, everyone. Yeah, he might he might not be back now. Or he might look a bit different. <laughs> yeah. It might be Evangeline Lily. Peyton Reed. Yeah. <laughs> oh no. Um... Damn it, Kevin Fagey. <laughs> Damn it, everyone. Damn, damn it, everyone, damn Paul. Damn it, Janet. this film... Oh. Damn it, Janet. If you'd have just told us anything, maybe this <laughs> film would have been different. Oh, do you want to turn that off? Yeah. The credits. You've been watching the first of many Marvel shorts. Just common sense solves the problem. Oh, Tony, don't build a robot. Probably go evil. All right. Ah. Uh, what could have been? What could have been? Mm. So, Paul, what'd you make of that? I'm not a happy man, Paul, most of the time. <laughs> uh, and and this this put a lot of that to the test. Uh, it it was a bad film. It was quite a bad film. It was quite a bad film, but at yeah. least it wasn't engaging. <laughs> You've got to at least have that. At least it could just passively move over you, like a cold fart. <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty much it. There was just, I think the main emotion I felt during this movie. Horny. W- horny. And then after that, once that had oh. died down, uh, it, it was just disbelief that it was still going. Right. Yeah. Cause, cause, uh, two hours, I, I, I remember having the thought, mm, well, this, at least this isn't two hours and 40 minutes. Mm. Uh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to zip by. It's Marvel. 
So even if it's a bad one, it's going to yeah. have some some scraps of that Marvel formula to to keep yeah. me interested. But it it doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> it no. doesn't. Yeah, I mean, it's just for me absolutely defined by a lack of artistry. Mm. Everything is so perfunctory. Yeah. That whole shot, reverse shot thing is so emblematic of how everything is handled in this. There's nothing, there's no shot. You know, if you compare it to Guardians of the Galaxy 3, Mm. Not only is it better written with a real focus on characters in a way that doesn't just feel like we've written a backstory, we'll have characters explain it to each other and then hug. You yeah. know, we'll we'll actually demonstrate things and have moments of pathos and drama and mm. when there is action it'll change things for the character, but also just the way things are filmed. Stylistic decisions yes. that are interesting and keep you involved. It just yeah. it extends way past the action because there's only really one incredibly good action sequence in Guardians of the Galaxy three. Yeah, and it, and that's a fairly complex scene because you are you're asked to delight in the annihilation of these poor twisted hybrid creatures that the guy has created, and it's like, well, is it their fault? And it's like, well, yeah. fine, it's 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 that moral complexity kind of is James yeah. Gunn's thing, you know. But that's a whole other thing. But yeah. it, this like, it's just nothing. It's just like all the bad guys are robots. You know, yeah. faceless it's the, the, the sucker punch fun. thing. Yeah, uh, yeah. Of they're, they're they're just these things that let off steam. Uh, whenever you whenever you kill them, yeah. and it and it makes it really meaningless and unmoored. Yeah. And it's just not fun. Like the whole. No. If you look at the first two Ant Man movies, which are not terribly good, um, sort no, of Ant Man like... and then Ant Man and the Wasp. Mm. Uh, did it have a subtitle? No, it was just called that. Um, it was just, that was the subtitle. Yeah, and the Wasp. Um, no, is there a subtitle? Oh no, it's just called this. <laughs> I can't believe that made it to the poster stage. <laughs> so, but it worked, damn it. The fun of them, if there is such a thing, isn't in the characters because I've always found Paul Rudd to be kind of awkward in these movies. I remember us talking about this when we went to the mm. cinema, hoping to see the um the act of killing. Only they had sold out, so we saw um, <laughs> oh God, Ant Man instead. <laughs> I forgot about that. What a fucking letdown. Yeah, and they were just like, oh, yeah, okay, I guess we'll see Ant-Man. And they were like, great, here are your 3D glasses. <laughs> Dickheads. Oh, damn you, Joshua Oppenheimer. So, yeah, the, there's the, the fun of them, sorry. The fun of them was oh, yeah. seeing things get bigger and smaller, at the very least. You know, seeing mm. someone shrink down a car, chuck it, and then expand it again. A tank yeah. getting shrunk down to a keyring size. Yeah. And yes, the science doesn't make any sense, because according to the rules, the density should be the same, so it should still weigh the same as a tank. But, yeah. you know, fine, whatever. But... That's the fun in this crazy yeah. out out of out there you know bizarre universe, which to me just looks so ugly. Oh, it's, um, it's, it's just got that brown Vaseline smear. Oh look. God, it's um, part of the sort of psychedelic aesthetic that they've really embraced since Doctor Strange. Um, yeah. in twenty sixteen, they've really pretty much a lot of their movies have had this sort of big bold yeah. color palettes, but they just smush together. There's no clear coherent visual no. or like color. Um, goal and so it does just all smush together into this sort of browny purpley yeah. kind of mess <sighs> but um, uh, scale means nothing down there because nothing no. is you know you don't know what should be big or what should be small so the only thing they do is occasionally get big but then when they do there's nothing to do with the filmmaking to make you feel like they're big no <sighs> yeah no you're, yeah. you're right and I, I remember the second Ant-Man movie mm. getting a better feel of, um, of Paul Rudd's strengths and, mm. and and playing more to that like the fun group dynamic with his security team um yeah. 
and I feel like they upped that uh, that. They didn't even have that joke of um, somebody, you know, like Mike, the Michael Pena telling a story. Yeah, and, yeah. And well, they didn't have his crew. They completely yeah. severed him from all of his support yeah. characters, which is fine. You can do that. But if you... they sh- some of them show up in this movie voicing characters or. or oh, really? Or, or, yeah, like David das- Dasmalkian voices Veb, the jellyfish guy. Oh, right. Uh, and um, is it Katie O'Brien is in the other. Oh, is Ant-Man she? Movies? Because I, yeah. I did like her. Yes. For reason, we, we'll talk about her in a bit. Yeah, we'll get we'll get into that. But yeah. it's um <clears throat> yeah, it didn't have that, and it it didn't have any. It didn't really have any opportunity for for Paul Rudd to play on his strengths, except mm. for a, a scene with uh uh the uh uh what's what's the what's the word uh unfortuitous unfortuitously casted Jonathan Majors. Uh, or mm. man, and um, uh, you know my, and also my favorite Ant Man moment is is in Endgame, the Scott and Cassie reunion. Oh sure, when, yeah. He, you know, it's 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 such a one like a beautiful, uh, heartbreaking moment, and it's mm. played so well by Paul Rudd and and um his daughter, who was obviously recast for this movie, yeah. which was jarring for me. Um, yeah. But they don't even even though they spend time together as father and daughter, there's none yeah. of that same chemistry or even attempt to no. to connect in an emotional way. There are nods to it, and there are moments where um, Paul Rudd plays the father endearingly, and I really enjoyed mm-hmm. those. And they'll be mentioned in the quickfire. But it doesn't really in in, in instead of giving me anything emotionally resonant, it just gives. Mm. Quips, and the quips yeah. are bad. the 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 script is is flat quips, forced emotions, and convenient yeah. uh, character motivations. Yeah. And, and and it's it's maddening. If the moments that I'm not bored into a stupor, I'm just yeah. frustrated. And yeah, that on top of the CG and yeah, the general direction of it it's just a like as you said a very ugly looking film filled with characters that are not appealing no no they're not and i think thinking back to that moment of them sort of reuniting it's a moment that plays without dialogue from what i remember and i don't think there is a line unless i'm what's the line there's some it's something like oh you got you got big you you got big yeah and it's really sweet yeah, it's one line, and for the most part, they let it play out sort of visually, and I don't yeah. think there was then subsequently a sequence of them sitting down and having her explain everything that happened in the last five years. So, no. No, and and this movie, to me, the problem is, no, they never stop talking, and I think that's a symptom mm. of Peyton Reed just not being a very talented director. This feels mm. like a very screenwriter's movie. You know, the mm. screenwriter will have written out everything, leaning on dialogue, the sort of crutch of yeah. a not very good screenwriter to just have characters say everything that they're feeling, yeah. that they're thinking, that they're you know that they have to explain. Doing yeah. everything is written, and so the and the director just comes in and shoots that you know page yeah. by page, line for line, with no real thought as to how to tell this in a visual way, and it just yeah. makes for a very dull trudge of a movie that takes place across a whole bunch of dialogue sequences and then some really uninspired action sequences. Yeah, and the result of it all is being in the quantum realm made me feel silly. It made me feel like 
this is what people who think that comic book movies are for kids think yeah. movie comic book movies are like and mm. and in this case they're right <laughs> in, yeah. in in this case it just i felt like a silly child watching a movie that had been yeah. put together for a fiver and and with oh, with God, all the yeah. care of people who were being paid less than a fiver yeah it's also and, very generic i mean my god the storyline oh, of just they land <clears throat> there's a bad guy there are good guys. Our hero just wants to get home, oh. but then learns that he's got to take part in the fight. It's John Carter of Mars, you know. It's. I'm um, sorry, listeners, if you can if you can hear a war happening outside my window. I'm sure it's uh, fine. <clears throat> the the thing like the Marvel formula oh, is yeah. like the Marvel formula isn't the thing that was holding these movies back. It and it wasn't like a you know it wasn't revolutionary. Well, it was in a sense, but it's it's. Yeah. It's a baseline. It's not just a, like a baseline mediocrity. It's it's a carefully assembled equation of comedy, drama, action, and law. Uh, yeah. You know, it 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 can produce bland and benign uh, yes. results, but deviating from it gets you this. Yeah. I think. Um, well, and, well, no, and, and, hold on. Um, I mean, following it too slavishly, I think ultimately yeah. gets you this. If you if you follow it thinking that just putting it in in its most base mm. you know form it like most of the best marvel movies are ones that are willing to deviate and try and do something new mm. with the thing i think i don't know i i feel like that even though those are the the best examples of the marvel formula for me my fav you know my favorite ones um best examples it's... of the marvel formula feels like a bad you know coming out of a movie being like oh that was the best example of the formula i yeah i think in like infinity war civil war you know some of my favorite avengers that to me is mm. is the marvel formula at its at its best um and it and it allows it allows drama and emotion and action to really stretch their legs and and have an impact mm. um, i guess i'm just uh, disliking the idea of a formula to produce good movie I, i'd like something to be a bit more oh. if ethereal than that a, l- a lot less by yeah. the numbers you know follow oh the yeah steps. for sure I I I would like that as well, but I I just feel like uh, uh, this. I feel like the Marvel. I feel like Marvel has gotten where it is, as as we've said many a time, you know, through a lot of hard work and and a, a lot of thought going into it. And I feel like, yeah, you know, the 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 there is a, it's it's a it's a business, it's a corporation, and they've got this formula, mm. and yeah, it is, it's it's kind of depressing, but it is. It is what it is. Uh, well, it's anything. it's corporate art, isn't it? It's um yeah. sort of mass produced and deliberately intended to appeal to the largest number of people by doing sort of very undemanding things. Mm. And it's interesting because I do remember the period where Marvel came along and it felt like a better alternative to what preceded it. Because as yeah. we've now covered, there were a lot of decades of very poor filmmaking, and mm. in particular, there was a great gulf in the noughties, yeah. especially between what was popular and what was considered to be good mm. and what was missing from the whole thing, from the whole Michael Bay, Gore Verbinski, you yeah. know, Pirates of, the, Pirates of the Caribbean movies and Roland Emmerich and all the rest of it. What was missing was a baseline competence, yes. which Marvel was able to provide a sort of mm. the, the grammar of the movies makes sense for the most part. You know, it yeah. sounds ridiculous, but this was beyond an awful lot of, it still yeah. continues to be beyond a lot of filmmakers well, these yeah. days especially Roland Emmerich. Um, oh, God, yeah. And so it came along with this sort of idea 
And mm. also women were not introduced through shots of their butts, even though you had that, you know, Pearl Muta guy who was actively working against any reasonable or decent representation on screen. Mm. And that is one way in which Marvel has gotten better in the last um, five years or so is that they are doing more about that. Mm. It's just it got it. It succeeded too much, I think, because yeah. we went from a period of having a couple of movies a year, you know, and still plenty of room left for other people to now this overwhelming domination oh, where we ridiculous. do have three movies a year at least and TV shows and so mm. much content and Disney is having such a toxic relationship with exhibitors. Yeah. And just guaranteeing that, you know, that it's all they can show. You know, they have this thing where, okay, if you're going to show our movie, it has to be showing in at least one screen all the time, which means that if you run a cinema that has one screen, you either become... You know, that theater or, you know, you don't get to do one for me, one for them kind of programming. So that's horrendous. It is. It's it's depressing. And it's it's kind of nice that the, contr- the grip is starting to slacken. And I think yeah. what this movie really represents is a shift away from essential viewing, because up yeah. until now, it's been the case that a new Marvel comes out. You have to go see it in yeah. order to be up to date on the ones that you do care about. That was the yeah. magic of. Yeah. The, the, not the magic, but the magic trick was, they pulled. But it was also fine because you knew it was going to be fairly enjoyable. You knew that, yeah, again, baseline competence is what you were going yeah. to get yeah. from it. Um, and it, yeah, you would have like good things sprinkled around these things, usually as the result of hiring you know, very good directors yeah. um, into these franchises, which is why Phase 2 often is considered the weakest because they did have a lot of sort of job jobbers in yeah. that period with you know james gunn and uh yeah winter soldier guys um accepted although they were jobbers as well they just turned out to be quite the, good is it the russos the russos yeah you yeah. know they came from television as a background which generally speaking yeah. was the background they were drawing from from phase two yeah. um you know and you know phase one as well is where whedon came from but yeah oh where was i going um yeah so now it's not essential the idea yeah. is it's like comic books. There's loads of movies out there. You will go and see the ones that have people you yeah. like in it. And is... I don't know if that's the anticipated effect, but it's going to be the effect because nobody, especially your target audience, who, it's worth pointing out, now are too young to have seen the first few movies in cinemas. Mm. Yeah. You know, the, the 15 years ago was Iron Man. Your target audience, which continues to be sort of teenagers and 20-somethings, are reaching the age now where they haven't seen those. Yeah, so God. you're going to have to make these stand alone a lot more. And that is one thing this movie does do is kind of stand alone in spite of the fact they spend the whole thing setting up a villain for other stuff. Fucking hell. It stands alone like a racist at a barbecue. Yeah. <laughs> it does. Well, you continue awfulness. standing alone. That's yeah. good. That works for the rest of us. Uh, yeah, no, it's, it's, yeah, you go. I think what depresses me most about mm. it and about the average Marvel movie in general, for the most part, is that there's just no eye to legacy. There's mm. no eye to the future beyond the next movie. No. Everything feels like an approach. installment. Yeah, it, it just, mm. it, this feels like an episode yeah. of a particularly black, like CSI level yeah. f- of storytelling here. East Enders that plays five times yeah. a week. <laughs> there's no consideration to the idea that Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania might want to be screened sometime in the future. Yeah. Or that it might be worth revisiting. This was literally no. made for the opening box office for, you know, the first few weeks and then for a streaming release. It is yeah. content. It is in no way art or 
even just you struggle to call it a film at this rate. The the, the basic yeah. requirements of it being a film are so arbitrarily met. Yeah. I don't know. It's just well, it's, it's like it's quite it, dispiriting. The Marvel the Marvel formula includes having intuitive free thinking people working on a project. Like weirdly the like this formula allows for people to mess with it a bit and to to take these risks and mm. it's as you, the- as you say these these people are just their job is to write a script, not to not to tell a story or to to make art. It's just it's it's my approach to playing management sims. It's just well, I've got to produce something to get mm. to the next level. Yeah. <laughs> so I I just need to put something else out. Yeah, and and I think it's, the it's problem is sad. they always were able to tease you along to the next crucial point with yeah. the first three. Things. It's like this is all going to build up to the next Avengers movie, and that's going to be yeah. the big event. Or you know, this is all going to yeah. build you up. And I think that's what's depressing too is when you see people talk about this movie, as I did when I was scrolling through the various mm. reviews on Google, which is an interesting way of looking at what people say about this sort of thing. Mm. They're all talking about it in terms of contributions to the universe. You know, oh, this was good mm. for setting up this villain. You know, it's good to see this fleshed out more. It's good to establish this. Yeah, and it's right. like. You're talking about the potential for the elements of this movie to be used in the future. Yeah. But what about this movie? What yeah. about this as a standalone thing that you just spent £15 going to the cinema to see on its own? Like, how is that experience? And it's just There's depressing something... to see them talk about it like that. Yeah, I mean, the it means the whole experience no longer feels bespoke and, and mm. like a crafted thing, which... Yeah. Anyone, you know, whatever your criticisms of of Marvel, the MCU, mm. might be, it always felt like a, like you say, yeah, a special thing that was building towards, uh, yeah. this showpiece or a spectacle, and and now it no longer has that bespoke, yeah. personal feel. And what is God? And man, Quantumania mm. is just uh, the apotheosis of that. It really is. The other day, I was—I actually decided I would go back and compile a list, a ranked order of my favorite MCU movies. Hmm. And I thought about, okay, let me first of all pick out the movies that absolutely have to be in the top ten. Yeah. And I did a pass, and I didn't get to ten. Huh. There were not amongst the thirty-one movies, there were not ten that stood out to me as, oh yeah, I love this. This has to be in there. Wow. It was okay. I'm 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 doing that now. I'm trying. I'm making a list, and I'm gonna see. From okay. is it specifically from? Uh, for, is it from the first four phases? No, just, just anything. Uh, this okay, list cool. has everything in it. And let me see. I've got my list here. Let me see the point in which I stop thinking these are great movies that you can just watch on their own. I think I'm at seven. One, two, three, four, five. Yeah. After seven, they're just movies I like from this franchise. In the okay. context of it being a giant franchise, but in terms of movies, I think can stand alone and be accepted as a great film. It's seven out of thirty-one, and that just to me suggests maybe all of this was a bit of a magic trick mm. <laughs> that they had this momentum that they built up this universe so that any time you saw any one part of it, you actually saw the whole of it, and the cumulative effect of both good and bad movies creating meaning and connection over an extended mm. amount of time. 
but do the I've... individual films hold up outside of mm. that context? I'm starting to get doubtful. I've got 11. Wow. Um, Infinity War, Endgame, the three Cap- Capams, three Spider-Mans, the three Guardians. Mm. All three Spider-Mans. I love the Spider-Man trilogy, yeah. As a trilogy? Okay, what's, like, Far From Home, when you recall it, when you think of it, and, like, as a cinematic experience? Mm. It's up there. Yeah. I, I loved every single one of those. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, no, I really like I really liked every single one of those. Uh, yeah. yeah, and but after after that after that eleven, mm. that's probably when it gets because you know I liked the Iron I liked Iron Man one and three. Yeah, but did I love them? No, I, I don't really rewatch those. Mm. But yeah, and you know, I remember never I'm... thought much of the Thor movies. Iron Man 3 was interesting. I went back and watched mm. that out of context a, yeah. a few years ago now. I think I wanted a Christmas action film. So I thought, oh, Iron Man 3 set at Christmas. And again, watching that out of the context of its franchise and out of the, the context mm. of its series, I did remember, find, I, I remember finding it off-putting in certain ways. There were mm. parts of it that I like a lot, but I think, I don't know, maybe I'm just going off of Marvel. Maybe I'm falling out of love here because... Yeah, my connection to it in a sentimental way feels weakened. Mm. Is is it because the later movies are kind of showing you the showing you the wires a bit of how the whole thing operates, or it just being or like the extreme versions that we're seeing now kind of sours the the comparatively innocent beginnings. Maybe, or maybe the dust is just settling a bit. They do yeah. say you should always wait, you know, twelve years or so to see, you know, if a movie truly does have the staying power over time. Yeah. And maybe now, we're, we're getting to 15 years now since Iron Man, the very first one. And, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'm just kind of moving past them or something. It just, mm. they don't excite me in the same way anymore. And I do feel exhausted when I look at the slate now. In a way that oh, I yeah. imagine, I, I, to be honest, what's interesting is we are perhaps being confronted with our own nostalgia in a way that previous generations have not. Because Mm. time was, the Indiana Jones trilogy would come out, and then 20 years would pass with nothing. That's 20 years of you having the Indiana Jones movie in a vault in the back of your head that maybe you Mm. rewatch now and then, but you don't have to constantly reappraise it and get reminded of it and experience more of it. True. And so it has a chance to sort of solidify and become more a part of you. Whereas with this, we are asked to absolutely readdress our relationship with this big, you know, somewhat soulless, multi-million pound yeah. conglomerate every few months. Pretty much constantly, yeah. actually, when the TV shows are taken into account. You know, Secret Invasion is happening now. Yeah, it's... We, we've never had anything quite like this. There's never been a machine no. like this to... No. To take something that may have meant something, and you know the same applies to Star Wars. You know, the, oh well, yeah, what well, Disney you know, in our, general, I think. Yeah, pretty much anything owned by Disney, isn't it? It's just yeah, just just the the ruthlessness with which a a, a piece of art is commoditized. Yes, I think it, that's it, it. And it, and it's you you feel you feel the absence of a soul. 
Mm. Even if some, you know, even if people working on the individual movies have some, you know, oh, yeah. feel like their soul is going into it, it just it it's a business model, and and it, now it's if the MCU was a business model, yeah, it wasn't the main feature. It wasn't the most obvious thing about it um, in the beginning. No, no. But it now wasn't. the fact the... that it has come to the forefront maybe does you yeah. know that might affect how you look at earlier movies. But it could also be that you know now the dust has settled, as you say, and you you compare them to other movies with that now oh. the excitement and the hype is is gone. It's hmm. seeing it for what it is. I don't know. Or maybe it's just it was a bridge. It led us out yeah. of a very bad patch. Yeah. You know, Michael like Transformers came out and did badly. Transformers: Rise of the Beasts. Yeah. Came out was overlooked. A few people tried to stoke up nostalgia for it, which is fucking hilarious. <laughs> like, oh, you just can't make movies like this anymore. And it's like, if that's the only accomplishment wow. of Marvel, then thank God. Yeah. Thank God for it. Because, yeah, Jesus, to return to 2009. Woof. Um, so, maybe that's it. Maybe it just, it was a bridge mm. needed to get us out of here. Um, and now it has, bridge. I think it may well have improved things. I think movies like Black Panther and, yes, even Captain Marvel have improved things and have yeah. put to rest, you know, because for a long time, Electra was the sort of stick they used to beat to death. And then wow. Sucker Punch as well. Any female-led sort of big-budget yeah. movies. But hopefully that's putting paid to that idea. Although I still can't think too many outside of the MCU. Might be overlooking something. Haywire. Barbie. My God, let's hope Barbie does well. Yeah. <laughs> Let's hope for that, and then maybe that'll usher in a new era. But yeah, it's 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 very dispiriting, and you you see so many of the people involved in the MCU now speaking so disparagingly about working on it, just talking about mm. it in terms of it being a job. I think um, Robert Downey Jr. recently did an interview where he described some of his some of his films as uh, content, and he had in the interview kind of went through wow. and said, "How about this?" And he was like, "Yeah, that's content." Wow. Um, you know, and it's like. Yeah, that kind of feels that way. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah, but... it does. Anyway. Um, yeah. I'm sure I can establish a better... Because, you know, those few movies that I do have, those seven, I do feel yeah. fairly emboldened towards them. Um, yeah. I'm fairly happy that they do stand as films that are good. Mm. You know. So, I don't know. Anyway, we're straight away a little from Man yeah. and Wasp, but... I I can actually hear the, the mower yeah. outside more than I can hear you. I can so... hear it now. Okay. For the first time I can hear it. Right. <laughs> Is it it stopped now? Let's try quick and steer fire. ourselves back. Well, yeah. we're quick fire, but let's try and steer ourselves back okay. just momentarily because yeah, I think the problem is now is this that everything we've just spoken about is very hard to remove from this, this experience. Mm. It's hard to just go on a fun adventure, suspend disbelief and go along mm. with all of this because you are just thinking about it too much as a strategy. Yeah. And that was the great thing about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 is that it's almost wonderful that it's so messy that it's yeah. quite that it's got so many like weird little details and touches because it does give you the impression that this was relatively hands off yeah and i don't know what it what relationship it is that james gunn has managed to strike with managed to strike with marvel to get that kind of freedom but you do get the impression it's not the same kind of a freedom offered to everyone as evidenced yeah. by all these movies that have interesting ideas but then also have the sort of Marvel formulaic elements sort mm. of thrown in, namely big action oh, well. scenes. Think James Gunn's a moneymaker, you can trust him. He can do what he That's wants. That's the thing, isn't it? It's just the meritocracy yeah. of box office. 
Mm. It seems to be. Or at least you hope it. Well, it's I don't enough. know if you hope it is. Quite frankly, I'd love it if Marvel could say, you know what, we're making bank. You make this. Do what you yeah. want. Doesn't matter if it's good. Yeah, exactly. But I'm worried but... the time for that might have passed. And now that Ant Man and Wasp has bombed, they might be making you know safer bets than ever. God. Movie execs um, always take the worst lessons. Yeah, and the sad, the sad thing is, I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing. I would consider it a bad thing. I think risks, you know, you yeah. have you can't be risk averse in movie making. No. Anyway, let's go away. <laughs> <laughs> Quick fire. Uh, I liked the line. Why is jail calling? Oh yeah. Well, uh, yeah. Uh, similar. Um, line then later on when she's like, so why why were you in jail? And uh, Cassandra just says, Oh, you know, just jail stuff. <laughs> yeah, mm, that's okay. cool. Um, uh, during the the meal when everybody is uh, saying, Well, yeah, you know, you saved the world, but what are you doing now? Because uh, <laughs> they were monsters. Um, yeah. uh, they talk about him going to fight Captain America, and he went, No, no, I went to fight for Captain America. He goes, I wouldn't fight Captain America. I'm not insane. Which I liked as a, you know, it wasn't about a moral or ethical thing. It was just, I'm right. not going to fucking fight Captain America. <laughs> it was good. Good stuff. Um, I liked the, it got me all three times, both times I saw it in the cinema. I saw it with different groups of friends incidentally. It wasn't mm. like, God, you see this again. <laughs> um, two different bunches wanted to. And actually, Jack and Amelia wanted to see it in 4DX. And that was a <sighs> hilariously stupid, um, process when we saw it when we saw multiverse of madness in that thing like we spent oh, the first okay. 10 minutes of that movie just laughing at how ridiculous that was even that ridiculous stupid roller coaster experience was made dull by this Ugh. movie because of how okay. much dialogue there is oh my god like what are you One supposed to do like sh- oh an emotional pitch ah, ah! <laughs> nevertheless both times i saw this at the cinema the bus transition got me which is you have this beautiful sort of saccharine a uh, shot of San Francisco, and then mm. the shot pans a little to say San Francisco, and then it pulls away because it's actually the side of a bus. Ah, uh, cool, very nice. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I liked the 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 only times the CG was something I appreciated was in just the character mm. design, the character designs of uh, the big flying manta ray thing, and then also oh, Ben, yeah. the the jellyfish dude. Oh yeah, the little jellyfish dude, him running. Was very good. Yes. I enjoyed that. He was great. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, yeah. Uh, so for the most part, like the the lack of comedy that works was noticeable mm. uh, for me. But one line that I enjoyed, potentially they just got Paul Rudd to improvise for ages until this came out, was um, when they put the radio on and it turns out to be him reading his own book. Yes. And one of the lines we hear is, um, you know, uh, then this space raccoon appeared. And it was yeah. something like, um, I didn't know if he knew who I, wa- who I was. I was just happy to meet a raccoon that could talk. Yeah. And there was just something so childlike about it that it amused yeah. me. <laughs> There's, I think the, the next bit that you can hear underneath them uh, being like, oh, boy, you're listening to yourself, kooky music playing. Yeah. There's also like the next bit of the book is, and then I met a, and it's another like weird thing, and that adds to that childishness yeah. of just... This is just a book about all the crazy little yeah. dudes I met, and how cool <laughs> that is. And that was kind yeah. of charming. That was cute. Um, so Veb the jellyfish, who was uh-huh. voiced by David David Dasmalkian, hmm. um, 
I, I, his introduction was my favorite thing of the entire fucking movie because he he produces an ooze that is like the Babel fish or the Babel fish. Oh yeah, uh, from Hitchhiker's Guide, and yeah. um, he. Uh, he 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 comes into to shot in in front of Paul Rudd. He's like mm. his two long fingers steepling, and mm. he goes, uh, "Did you drink the ooze?" Within there's a little uh, pause in between drink and the the ooze. Did you drink the ooze? <laughs> Which was really really cute uh, as he's doing okay. this. And then there's a moment a few lines later where he thinks, "Oh, maybe the ooze is wearing off," and he goes, "Oh, I could uh, I could pour the ooze into your hole," and he becomes really obsessed with this the idea of how many holes well yeah. just how many holes people have in general and he keeps um uh developing this interest in paul rudd's holes and as mm. the mind reading guy which we haven't mentioned uh yeah. comes in GD to say from, uh, the good place oh that's him okay yeah. so um he says his name is scott lang and he has seven holes and mm. the gasp the <gasps> he has seven holes <gasps> Of, uh, of Veb as he turns back to Scott Lang in Wonder was really, really uh, cute and endearing. Okay. I loved it. <laughs> Good stuff. Yeah. Um, speaking of that weird group of like freedom fighters, I quite enjoyed the design of Lighthouse Head. The guy's got like a weird laser for a head. I thought yes, when he stepped I... onto the sort of pinnacle and you know there was an upward mm. view of him, it seemed quite good in terms of this is an alien world where things don't work yeah. the way they should. I was just going to say, they kind of overwhelm you with those kinds of details sometimes. Like the crowd scenes, the Mos Eisley <sighs> yeah. stuff, there's no time to really take any of it in, but that was a nice yeah. contained shot. The, the the particle ray head cannon thing looked kind yeah. of crisp and nice at times. Yeah. And it was, it looked like um, all the pixels coming off of it kind of looked like mm. uh, a can of lilt <laughs> or something. <laughs> it looked really refreshing. Um, <laughs> I'd love to drink that guy. <laughs> Oh, fucking drink that guy all day, mate. <laughs> Bill Murray's intro, there was a good beat. Oh, yeah, Jesus. Was... I mean, they really hype that up. Like, oh, yeah. here's this fucking guy. It's mm. weird. Weird in the context of what if you didn't know that was Bill Murray? You didn't know who yeah. Bill Murray was. <laughs> yeah. Which, you know, impact people... on the plot is, non is none. Nil. Uh, nil. But yeah, the, it's a good, like... Yeah, it's kind of like a min minimal, minimal dance groove or minimal techno yeah. beat, and it's uh, pretty cool. Pretty good, I think. It's actually pretty good. Pretty good, actually. Um, I do like the aesthetic they ripped off from Mad Max and um, mm -hmm. uh, Dune, and a little bit of um, Norseka Valley of the Winds, which is oh, yeah. namely the sequence where they hitch a ride. That's all they're doing mm. is just hitching a ride. And with the desert people who have like these mm. weird creatures and big mm. balloons and goggles and visors, and the yeah. desert actually is one of the few parts of the quantum verse that did look at least <clears throat> somewhat attractive. Yeah. Okay. God, I wish they'd have just shot them on. Like they could have just gone to a desert. Yeah. And I augmented, know. or gone to a forest and augmented with CGI. Yeah. Yeah. Could have it's done depressing. so much more. But there was some cool, as ever, with the 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 digital. Like the, the the CG work, there's always really interesting design in there. It's just being able to see it. Yeah. Um. So there's a moment during one of the the fights with the freedom fighter refugee people where it turns out that um Cassie's taking a suit and she's doing some punching and some jumping and some anting, and mm. Paul Rudd has to save her from getting uh, massacred, and and rather yeah. than lecture her, he he starts trying to 
give her advice on her technique. And it felt like a very fatherly, like a, you know, like a Hollywood father action thing to yeah. do. He was like, quick, jump and tap, jump and tap. That's how you do it. And it was, that was kind of sweet. Yeah. That, that was one of the closest moments. That was one of the, mo- the closest moments we got to, oh yeah, their father yeah. and daughter. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That's the nature of their relationship. It surprisingly does not come out much in this. <laughs> yeah. Except in my next one. One thing that Michael Douglas I found was largely on autopilot throughout this entire thing, but he does really manage quite well the whole father-in-law thing with um, Paul Rudd, possibly because that's the main relationship we've had across three movies, which is insane considering nothing nothing is done with it in this. Mm. But one moment where that shone through was when um, the giant ants have shown up with like robot Mm -hmm. limbs Mm. um, in the, the, the sort of quantum verse. And Scott just says, Are these your ants? From the ant farm? Yes, Scott, they're my ants. (laughs) (laughs) Just the dumbest fucking question. (laughs) And I was very well delivered by by Douglas. He probably felt uh, the hostility (laughs) as he was delivering the line. He was... You could feel that. To deliver it. I will say the second time I watched it in 4DX, it was with a particularly undemanding group of teenage girls behind us who laughed at every single joke, except the, you read my book? Every goddamn word, which is a line I really found irritating. Yeah. And was glad that it even managed to fail with this bunch of <laughs> teenagers behind me. Ah, oh, fantastic. Well, there is a god, clearly. It's a shame, well... It's a shame that in, it's Quantumania that has the defen- mm. in defense of socialism line, but um, yeah, Michael been... Douglas delivered it fairly endearingly, I thought. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Charged word. Yeah. Um, who plays Gentora, the muscle lady? You've said her Katie, name a couple times. Is it Katie, Katie O'Brien? O'Brien? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like her. Like her a lot. Um, she's great. Physicality's she's mar- great. Delivery's yeah, quite she's good. She's a martial artist. She's a martial artist and it showed she did a few yeah. of the good moves that were in the movie. Yeah. Um, that we were allowed yeah. to see. We were allowed to see. Um, yeah, liked her. It's kind yeah. of a bummer that I imagine this is going to be her only role in the MCU, unless they return to the bloody quantum verse. And they might. They might, maybe. You don't. You don't know. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe Nick Fury zips down to it uh, in the Secret War. I'm not going to yeah. watch it, but uh, maybe he will. <laughs> maybe he will. Oh no! Jesus. Um, ah. There's a slow-mo shot of father and daughter running against a green screen, but the two of them running was a real physical thing, and the two of them running together made me th- reminded me that they were father and daughter, and that was <laughs> nice. I like Lovely. that. Yeah. Um, right, uh, Cassie, when she's giving her big inspirational speech, there's a couple of moments of like, bad mm. movies where a relatively good thing gets said, and this is so basic. Mm. Like, this is, you yeah. know... Yeah. What's his name? Who's in The Mighty Ducks? The other Sheen brother. Esther... Emilio Estevez. Emilio Estevez, thank you. Mm. It's something he would say to the ducks in their like darkest moment, but there is a moment where she says, I know it feels like all we do is lose. Mm. And yeah, that resonated because that does sometimes yeah. feel how that yeah. goes when you're in a particular part of the political spectrum these days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it was nice to hear that echoed. It reminded me of mm. the sort of Rise of Skywalker, you know, this is how they win by making you think you're alone kind of thing, which is bland enough yeah. that, you know, anyone can agree with it. And the same with yeah. all we do these days is lose. You know, I'm sure that the right wing feel that way as well even though yeah. literally everything's working out great for them <laughs> except um, for in australia oh yeah fuck you guys 
Yeah. It's like a dick. Oh, shit. Uh, Meanwhile, everyone. your most prominent right-wing Australian man is busy ruining the world. <laughs> Thanks, Rupert. Yay. He's doing everything he can. Oh, love that yeah. guy. Oh, look at him trying. The okay. fight at the end was very well choreographed. It was yeah. um, good physicality from both performers, yep. and it was filmed competently by Reed, yes. and in a way that actually felt physical. There was some anger there. There was yep. some genuine threat. It was, a it was visual well... storytelling. Yeah, visual storytelling. There was a good moment, and you did get to feel a little bit, oh, shit, you know, about Paul Rudd, who was massively outmatched in that moment. Yeah. Suddenly, I knew the stakes. Um, yeah. Suddenly, I had something to care about, and I knew that, you know, there was yeah. going to be an end to it very, very soon. Um, mm. and, and that, yeah, that was good. More of yeah. that would have been nice. Would have been. Uh... That is actually my last one. Ooh. Uh, well, okay. Brilliant. Well, it's, it's going to be... Uh, you're not going to be happy with me ending on a Modoc line, but uh... oh boy, no, it's fine. I thought, yeah, a Modoc line's fine. Yeah. Um. Oh, thanks. Uh. So, <laughs> yeah, when when he's dying, um, well, just before that, Cassie is saying, you know, maybe you could stop being such a dick and and mm. uh, uh, yeah. and help us, and he does. Uh, you know, he he redeems himself, and for everybody listening, we've been going, you know, really hard on the Modoc law, so um, mm. we're all as relieved as we were. But he mm. he helps, and he's dying, and um. He he, Cassie says something like, "Oh well, you know." The the whole being a dick thing is mentioned, and he goes, "It's yeah. too late. Look at me, I'm such a dick." Yeah, and it, and it, and the the resigned, <sighs> yeah, sighing so- way that he delivers it is good. Yeah, that is yeah, that is quite good. Yeah. <sighs> Any others? Uh oh yeah no Ashley. Oh yeah, fuck oh. it. No, I've got another. I've got one more. The end monologue. Oh. Um, the 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 way Paul Rudd performs the that mental process of suddenly realizing that you fucked up and done something terrible, but then yeah. trying to reason your way out of it and just pretending everything's fine. I really liked. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. I. Yes. When you actually get behind the obvious gag, there's yeah. a good thing being done. Um, yeah. Yeah. So there you go. There you go. Good stuff. Right, now let me begin the potentially somewhat complicated process of checking with the OG team. The reason is, I decided that it must be possible to get a bloody better reaction from people, so I tweeted this out a few times. Ah, uh, okay. So, and you thought Marvel you'd, you'd try this with this Quantumania. Time, yeah, it's a Marvel movie. Surely we can get people talking about Marvel movies. Anyway, here we go. Okay. Pitney and Amelia's Bitchin' Boutine. Boutique, sorry. I thought it might be a poutine place. Uh, no, Bitch and Boutique at Bitch and Boutique on Twitter said, mm. I thought it was great and really entertaining, and I was glad that I didn't need a damn scorecard to keep up with confusing multiverse shit while I'm trying to watch a movie. I think, in general, mm. yes, because the multiverse thing has been massive dollar signs for studio execs, obviously, yeah. because it means, oh my god, we can bring in anyone we can get from yeah. other franchises or other things we have the rights to. We can just Jesus. do it all. Fucking hell. You know, and that's a obviously nightmare. a very depressing reality yeah. to have to then exist in. Um, but yes, um, good. I'm glad mm. you found it really entertaining. Um, uh-huh. Fives, a.k.a. Bronx Smash, at oh, hey, Bronx. Bronx Smash. Hey, Bronx. Um, I thought it was a fun popcorn click, and watching it on D+, Disney+, Plus was definitely better than an overpriced theatre. Oh, come on now. Get into those theatres. They need you. The 4DX <laughs> theatre. 
get into a 4DX theater at this stage. Um, I mean, it might be a good thing. I think it would be a good thing if Disney did just surrender on the movie theater and the movie theater thing can be, yeah, you know, become an experience again for other things. But, you know, yeah. at, at least for the meantime, although Disney does have extremely strict uh, rules, it is still, if you're going to watch a Marvel thing, it's still best to do so in a theater. If you can, if you can, please. If you can. If you can, come on, please. Let's have a keep. One of the best people. One of the wow. all-time best ones that God managed to get going. Uh, at Penguin Panic said, I like mm. that Ryan Bagara made an inexplicable cameo in the first five minutes. I forget who this is. She told us earlier today. He yes. plays the guy who pays for Scott's drink. Yeah. God, I c- yeah, I cannot remember what Sarah said he was in. And it's because I hadn't seen that other thing. It was a TV show, I think. Yeah. can't remember it. I'm oh, not thinking probably, on television probably cool though if sarah likes it oh it's probably cool she's uh, she's got really good taste um and meanwhile niall bryden at bryden 15 mm, on twitter mm. said the only new marvel i've seen post endgame was the first step of secret invasion i won't be finishing it when? i'm just exhausted with both dc and marvel at least i have a new toho godzilla movie at the end of the year to look forward to <laughs> that's true well there you that go is true. there's a new Swings toho godzilla about. movie coming out and i'm pretty excited about it honestly so, well, I'm excited for you. <laughs> Thanks, mate. That's the last right. Toho Godzilla movie was extremely good. Uh, that's somebody <laughs> yelling Steven, so that's probably not related. To the metaverse. To the metaverse! Still Michael Douglas and Michelle Pfeiffer. God. Uh, Jennifer Sons reacted with a, a big surprised face. Oh. I agree, Jennifer Sons. It's like, oh, the Marvel boys finally sticking it to Marvel, eh? Is oh, here we go. <laughs> oh hey in spite of everything i've said it's still a hell of a lot better than dc <laughs> yeah Th- um, this is still better than most of dc except for some of them Aquaman. i mean yeah we go down from we go down from seven to three i think with dc <laughs> <laughs> yeah um wonder woman's better obviously oh god yeah aquaman yeah, one- i think aquaman's better yeah, I'd probably go for that. I mean, the three I really like, and I know we differ on one of these, is um, I like Wonder Woman, The Suicide Squad, and uh, Bird of Prey. Birds of Prey. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, Suicide yeah. Squad obviously is fantastic. Oh, and yeah. Birds of Prey, yeah. That is that is where the pools That's where the pools twined. And then in terms of passable movies, I, I really dislike things like Shazam and Aquaman, yeah. because they are passable, but they're just so unremarkable. I found Shazam fairly obnoxious. Yeah, that's fair. Okay, Mark Reed mm. says, like most people, I'm kind of sick of Marvel movies now. To me, this is just fine. I don't hate it, but I don't like it. That said, <laughs> quite like some of the Quantum Realm world, characters and vehicles and stuff yeah. uh, that seem to represent microbes and whatnot. Also, Modoc was just so bad, it was pushing into funny. Fair enough. That's good stuff. Mark, That's fair enough, Mark, Mark Reed. Reed. We are in a similar mental state. Elliot J. O'Neill says, I've only seen a compilation hey. of Modoc moments from the movie and decided <laughs> that was quite enough. Yeah, that'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> Why am I watching this? <laughs> oh, here we go. Oh my god, the Patreons turned out. Okay, Luke Ciancio said. Fuck yeah. P- Patreons, assemble! John's- I believe... I built a better one! <laughs> uh, meanwhile... <laughs> I believe this is the first film I've ever watched where I did not laugh, chuckle, murmur, or even meep at a joke. Not one landed. But good things. God. 
Out of context, some of the background art and CGI looked beautiful. I am sure someone worked hard on it. Very true. Yes. Every now and then, the film threatens good ideas, like the level two ant civilization that just gets swept under the rug. It's so easy to do that with ant civilizations is the thing. <laughs> yeah. The main thing. <laughs> or talking about the success of a more socialist, compassionate society. Agreed. It's very good. Yep. Some of the Kang scenes were genuinely unsettling. I felt Michael Douglas and Michelle Pfeiffer in particular straining against the bland dialogue to give it some life using those acting chops they have. They've got them. They grill them up every night. <laughs> they've got them. Oh, they've got them, mate. <laughs> they've They're got them. pristine condition. You don't even have to worry about that. Finally, we have L. Scott Joes. Oof, Ooh. good luck. I'm ambivalent towards the Marvel stuff, but I enjoyed the first two Ant-Man movies somewhat, as Paul Rudd <laughs> is charming. Uh, there mm. were some good supporting cast members. They had fun heists and fun interactions of shrinking people interacting with the real world in sometimes clever ways. The movie mm. either removed or inha- inhibited all those things for a murky journey into a po-faced Dionysus in garishly rendered candy land. I did not like it. Agreed. Yeah, it yeah. really did kind of move away from everything that kind of defined and made those first two movies even what they were, such as they were. Yes. Congrats um, to all of our fans who wrote in and summarized in a couple of sentences what took us two hours. <laughs> I forgot I asked for more from more people. Um, <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I asked Jack and Amelia, having seen it with oh, yeah. them, and Jack said, uh, Paul Rudd, he's always charming. Agreed. Uh-huh. Amelia said, um, I liked Ant-Man, but I think it's because I haven't seen many of the other Marvels. I had no zero, I had zero context going in, and then later clarified, um, it just meant that anything that didn't make sense, I chalked up to not knowing the franchise, which gave oh, it a lot of leeway. That'll do it. That'll do it. It's just like, oh, this was really bad. Maybe that gets explained why in a previous <laughs> movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it must be why. Yeah. And Katie, uh, Katie Maiden, at Katie Maiden, the person, she's not on Twitter, says, the start bit, where he's talking about what it's like to be an Avenger, and it's all like bright and happy. I don't even remember that, but honestly, it was mostly trash. (laughs) So there you go. My great friends. Aww. (laughs) That segment was Paul's great friends, a new segment. (laughs) I'm highlighting one every week for the next week. Oh, God, that's nice. Uh, that's nice. Like that's highlight- a nice thing. Well, that's a nice thing. I'd like to highlight my great friend, Paul Goodman, right now, because uh, he's a trooper. He's a wonderful man. Oh, thank you. He's a beautiful soul. He's a tired old trooper today. Yes, but he's, he's, he's brought it home. He's brought the bacon home. And it's here, look. Yeah. Look, look at that bacon. Spread it out. Yeah. Oh, pretty fucking oh. bacon. We should probably stop recording so we can go and eat this delicious bacon. I think we should go chew on some of that bacon, mate. Before we do, we'll just quickly talk about the one better thing. Build oh, a better yes. thing! <laughs> the one better thing. Better! Paul. Oh? Paulie Paul. Hey. Interstellar's better than this. Oh, Interstellar's uh, better than this. Yeah. Uh, it, uh, it shows us that time can be represented as a physical dimension. Uh-oh. You should probably, uh, everybody check out my EP... Sidonia, it sounded like. <laughs> That's it. Also, that. Um, <laughs> nah, nah, I just, nah. I just re-released Knights of Sidonia. No one, <laughs> no one has noticed. Uh, <laughs> Matt Bellamy tweeted at you and said, "This is fucking tight." He's like, "This is a tight, most the most original song I've ever heard." <laughs> I'm, and then he stole it, and then it, it ended up as something just completely different. But, but the original no Matt Bellamy who came up with that song like in the noughties heard about it and is now yeah. suing himself. From the past. And that's what that's what Interstellar teaches us is possible. 
Yeah, and I and I love it for that. Infinity War was a great Marvel alternative. Doctor Strange Two is the is mm. the latest is the most recent Marvel that I enjoyed watching, um, and and it goes some interesting places, and I and I love that Sam Raimi got to be Sam Raimi. Uh, agreed. Yeah, I really enjoyed uh, the Multiverse of Madness, um, and really don't give a shit what people are saying about. Oh, but she com- they completely destroyed the Illuminati, and they're like some really good. G- it was fun. It was fun that they did that. Yeah. <laughs> It was funny. I laughed when they did that. It was fun. Um, Bruce Campbell was punching himself. It was a fun film. Oh, it was a fun film. It's over! <laughs> best best post-credit sequence. Yeah. Yeah, it's up there the with um, the Captain America Homecoming one, I think. Yeah. Just oh, yeah, yeah. wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> the cut. <laughs> exactly knows where to cut that. Um, yeah. Most recent Marvel thing I enjoyed was uh, Guardians 3. Oh, um, yeah. Okay, that, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. And then otherwise, yes, I think that's correct. Yeah, so there's that. But, you know, you all, you, you've all seen that. You all went and saw that. You've of course seen you it. You've all seen you. it. God bless you. Um, so what else? Oh, that's right. So I think a big part of the sort of heart of the movie beyond the sort of fairly rote kind of fam- familial relationship thing is this idea of, you know, uh, uh, bad things are still happening even if they're not happening specifically to you. So it's this idea mm. of this is not our fight. You know, mm. this this cause might be righteous, but it's not ours to fight is obviously a hugely popular kind of meme that I nevertheless had quite a bit of trouble tracking down. <laughs> I read through yeah. the uh, tropes page of um, things like Casablanca trying to figure out what people call it, but <laughs> it is in Casablanca, of course. It appears to be in most Spike Lee movies. You know, okay. there's always the thing that the sort of fight for racial justice is happening and our characters yeah. pretty much just don't want to get involved yeah. with it because they're too busy sort of living their lives but then yeah. it kind of all comes crashing in around them when they realize that you know the problem is as big as it is and you can mm-hmm. see that in um do the right thing malcolm mm-hmm. x you know it's in jungle fever it's in um black clansman even you know yeah yeah it's it's all the way through his career so you know do uh. check those movies out um and then something occurred to me oh also just aesthetically this movie reminds me a lot of tron <laughs> Oh, the yeah, original okay. 1982 Tron, because they accidentally get sucked into a science experiment to a crazy fake world. Mm. And although that movie is not terribly good, and I think actually Legacy kind of holds up a little better. Okay. It's got better, got better music, better visuals. Yeah. Like the plot is terrible, but you know that's yeah, whatever. But, yeah, whatever. It's oh, just God, this is just Jumanji, isn't it? This is Jumanji. It is. Oh, it's very similar to Jumanji. It's uh, in those movies are all significantly better, even the original yeah. Tron. So. Yeah, I'd recommend those. Hmm. Lovely. And that's the one better thing. Better thing. The one better thing. Better one. Paul, how can people find out more about our shorter episodes? <laughs> Way. We're like half a Halloween right now. Wow. We should just keep going, mate. Well, else? <laughs> should we just talk about This Is 40? Uh, <laughs> the cinematic universe. Well, as we approach this is uh, this is forty in our lives. Oh no, Jesus Christ! Um, it got real. Oh, that's that's why Paul sounds so tired today. It's not that. It's nothing to do with that. It's, this is a bad. <laughs> this is a bad experience for me. Nothing to and do. I, and I eat poorly. Yeah, but you know, we've got a few years left in us. And if you want to, if you want to ride that uh, <laughs> diminishing wave with us. Um, then uh, you can do so at Twitter and Facebook at OGT Pod. You should probably subscribe 
to the podcast instead of just remembering us every now and again like some sort of fever dream of oh, oh i've been meaning to listen to their episodes and i keep forgetting why don't i just subscribe you do that uh, and and stick around the twitter and facebook or maybe become a patron because we put out the call for the og team and if you have seen quantumania and you thought why didn't i get in with my good thing i really liked blank you, then you, you know you could have done by just uh, being on the ball a bit more yeah. being on top of that that ball as it rocks to and fro uh on between the great valleys of life our butts yeah but aka our butt cracks the valleys of life <laughs> and the poolies of life i was gonna say i'm the poolies of life oh shit <laughs> i'm the other one that's the, I'm the other that's the synchronicity life. that's that pacific rim entering the rift oh fuck yeah yeah other words <laughs> from pacific rim bro yeah String a bell. Nope. Stack, Stack a, Pentecost. a Pentecost. There yeah. we go. See? Nose In sync. <laughs> <sighs> and remember, the one good thing about Ant Man and Wasp Con- and Wasp Quantrosh is <laughs> it's it's when the crazy jellyfish man goes running about when he's all crazy. Yeah. Look at him. That's what Look I like. Go. And that cinema. <laughs>